You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Run It Back. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Run It Back. I am your host, the Jazz with Halliburton. And joined with me is none other than the girl herself, Sophie Dilly. Making a long trip all the way back to Colorado, girl. I really appreciate you, you know, stopping by on this, you know, Wednesday nights and they're very much different time zones. So I really appreciate it. No, nowhere else I'd rather be. I'm back in my childhood bedroom and just excited to do another rendition of Run It Back. See now, Sophie, I know we're going to get this thing, we're going to get this ball rolling. I know it's already been also talked about a lot just the past, literally, I don't know, a week now of K-State athletic drama and whatever. <laughs> a lot of people have talked about it. We ain't got to talk about it because that's old news at this point. But I know beforehand, all of that old news, some of it was kind of overshadowing how damn good our women's basketball team was. And this was kind of during like that whole drama with President Linton and Naquan Tomlin. And the, the surprisingly, the least biggest news of that day was Colin Klein going to Texas A&M, despite all of that. At that time, K-State women's basketball was beating the brakes off McNeese State. But no one paid attention to that because of all that drama that was going on. But we ain't got fully talk about them beating the brakes off uh, McNeese State. I wrote that down like last week. But when I tell you they beat the brakes off and they beat the brakes off. So we ain't, we ain't gotta we ain't gotta kick them while they down some more of McNeese State when it's old news, right? And Sophie, what we really here to talk about is obviously, obviously, K State women's basketball is the truth. Uh, they're ranked number sixteen right now. Literally, just two three days ago, they were ranked number twelve. I don't know why they went down four spots. I don't know. I'm not the committee. I don't know who in front of them won. Some more games, I truly don't know, but they've been on a break for like almost a week because they do not play again until like what Saturday, right? So, right now the number sixteen. Why they're so low? I don't know because I truly think they're top ten. But the reason why I do think they're top ten is because not only did they beat the bricks off of McNeese State, I don't know, say a week ago, right? They also had Sophie. I think I want to say this was like the first inaugural Bill, like Bill Snyder. Um, what is it, Bill Snyder? I don't want to say tournament. It's just like inaugural, like Bill Snyder game. Just something that was for Coach Snyder in uh, St. Joseph, Missouri, right? Oh yeah, one yeah, yeah. The Bill Snyder Basketball Classic. I was really young. I was like, wait a second. I think, like, I think this like this is not. I don't, this is my first time hearing of this. But apparently, Coach Snyder and he's from St. Joseph, Missouri. The bro is not only king in Manhattan, Kansas. He's also king over there too. So that's a really cool thing that they're doing over there. But the first time they've played Mizzou in what? What? I want to say, like, what, since 2017, I think that number was being thrown around. I don't know. A long time, Sophie, a long time. But once again, this was a game that it was no competition. It truly wasn't. And also, before I get even more into it of why it was not a competition, Sophie, you watched the game. I watched the game. And I'm sure a lot of you guys watched as well. And the first thing you noticed was like, what the hell am I watching? Why does this look like an illegal streaming service of a high school playoff basketball game? Because it literally looked like it was practically being recorded off somebody's phone. And the quality was horrible. I was so close to not even watching anymore, Sophie, because that was utterly terrible. Somebody got to get their ass beat for having that kind of quality for the first annual Bill Snyder Basketball Classic. 
Yeah, it reminded me of when we were trying to illegally stream um, the men's basketball tournament in the Bahamas. And even that seemed like a nicer setup. And that was an illegal stream. And I mean, that's like a that's a high school gym. And, you know, so, it, yeah, it was kind of a I don't know. It just didn't feel like it lived up to the standards that should be representing Bill Snyder. Right. Exactly. I don't like I don't know what like the truth of it was because I know I complained about it on social media. I'm like, what the like, what the hell of this is this quality? The camera is poor. The the audio quality is poor. You can barely hear Missy talking. I know Sophie, you, me, we've like been on the radio and we have something called the Dallas plan to where when our equipment was not working, we passed the phone back and forth. Right. And that's how we called games at the radio station. And it sounded horrible. It literally sounded like they were calling the game on a cell phone. I'm like, whose idea was this? <laughs> Who, whose idea to have the first inaugural Bill Snyder basketball classic with two teams, former Big 8 rivals, former Big 12 rivals to me for the first time in years. And this is what you're going to be on, like, crack stream, the legal streaming service on ESPN+. Plus. Like, I heard rumors that ESPN Plus actually swooped in last minute to have this game broadcast because it originally wasn't supposed to. I'm like, look, you have one of the best teams in the country, I, like, once again, who I think should be top 10 if I was an AP voter, but I am not. And also you have this other team who's up and coming in the SEC with a brand new head coach. I'm like, why in the hell is this supposed to look like this? It was grainy. It sounded horrible. The replays were slow. I don't know if it was just because I was watching it on Hulu. I don't know, but it was pathetic, Sophie. It was really pathetic. And I really hope the second time around next year, they really get this thing bumping and going because that was embarrassing. Yeah, and you know what? That actually makes me feel so much better about um, our HD TV broadcast for um, ESPN Plus, right? You did that sideline last year, and I think yep. we do a pretty bang up job. But then when you compare them to other things, I'm like, okay, we're actually goaded. Bro, and honestly, I totally, I totally forgot about this because, like, I was watching once again. I was just dumbfounded by like, I like this is this was this close to being unwatchable to me. But because because <laughs> I am a huge fan of this team, I'm like, all right. I'm going to tough it out. I'm just going to be like, boom, there we go. I'm getting buckets. They saying they too little, yada, yada. But then what I saw was like the like the lower third graphic of the player was like was from like the new. <laughs> it literally had the new quality lower third. When it said Aoka Lee at the free throw line, it literally looked like Aoka Lee on the on the evening news lower third. I'm like, what is this? And any sort of point graphic, because honestly, the new station I work for, Use the exact same graphics. So that's why I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> what is this supposed to be? Like, what is the quality of this? Is this some high school running it and just found out they got some lower thirds they can use from the news? I just want to know. I want to have a discussion. I would like to have a one-on-one -on -one discussion on why the hell this was even allowed to be produced like this. Did y'all just decide to do this last minute? Be like, everybody bring your phones. Everybody bring your phones and do it on IG Live. It would have been a better production than that was, damn it. Jesus. It, it really, it should have been us. I mean, I think we could have produced that 10 times better, honestly. And for such a big matchup, like this wasn't, it isn't like we were playing McNeese State. I mean, we're playing another Power 5 school for somebody that's very important. So that's, it's just a little bit embarrassing. It was, it was, but I know K State's not gonna let that slide twice. I, I, I know, I know for a fact, Brian Smoller and Andy and all the people who run the stuff, their K State HD TV. I know they're not gonna let that slide, and I don't know who's in charge for anything at Mizzou, but I know they could not have been happy with that either. I'm sorry, no, nobody in their right mind. If you weren't in the actual building, it did not, it did not look great. The production did not look great. 
And I really hope they learn from, I really hope they learn from it. I truly, truly and utterly do. I think they will. I think they will. Cause like, bro, ain't no way they gonna let that slide again. But I digress. I just really, I just really had to, to get that off my chest because when I was watching, I'm like, am I watching? Like, am I sure like this is ESPN plus that I, that I hit something on accident. That's, that's what my thoughts were. And I just had to get that off my chest. Sophie. I just had to get off my chest. We all do. <laughs> I, I, I understand because what the hell is this? But either way, I digress. I digress. Like I said, I would. Now we can go on to the ass whooping that it was. <laughs> you feel me? Mm-hmm. Okay. So clearly, uh, it was not close. Uh, K-State ended up with 84 points. Light work. Uh, Mizzou, 56 points. I understand, like we've talked about probably a million times before, the offense started off pretty slow. Like, you know, it typically does. K-State was shooting, what, like 35% from the field in the first quarter, 14% from three. That sounds that sounds on point. That sounds exactly what they've gone through in all 10 games that they've played this season. Whatever. But but when they get going, I, I tell you from, from quarters two through four, that's when the ball gets rolling. That's when they get really consistent. Like you can like you can say I can say that their offense starts slow, literally every game they've played so far, and for the most part it's true, that's consistency. But those other those other three quarters that they play, they it's consistent. That's when they start going. That's when they start getting hot, and that's when teams seamlessly doesn't seem like they have the greatest chance, especially when they start putting a clance on them because they are truly one of the best defenses in the country. I will beat that. I will. Beat that dead horse until it comes back to life. Because I truly believe that, Sophie. Yes, but, and go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, it's just so shocking that um our numbers were so low in the first quarter because one of the things that turned my head was our overall shot percentage throughout the game. I mean, we shot almost fifty percent. So if it was so low in the first quarter, we were shooting lights out in quarters two through four. It wasn't just good. It wasn't just great. It was excellent. It really was. And to bring it re- your total game. To shoot 35 of 72, that's nothing to sneeze at. 84 points, I mean, you can't ask for much more. You really can't. And I mean, just watching the game, like, honestly, a part of me was like, I don't want to say I was worried going into this game, but I know, like, it's, it's, I, I, I know a trap game when I see one, right? I feel like in, in any other K State women's team in years past, this could have been a trap game. I know. Mizzou, there's, you know, got a new head coach. They're starting out early. Starting out, you know, some new players, some freshmen, some transfers and things like that. And other times, yeah, I think this would have been a trap game. It's a way. We obviously know the struggles that this team had on the road last year. And even though this was a neutral site, this was still, you know, on the road, right? So when years passed, I truly thought this, you know, this would have been a trap game. But this time, it was not a competition, Sophie. Like, if... It was no, it was no way in hell that this was a competition. Aoka Lee, she was eating. She had what twenty eight points. She was one rebound short of, I want to say, breaking the double double record at K State. It's either tying or breaking it that it would have been that game. But you know she's going to have plenty of opportunities to do so. She ended the game with uh, nine rebounds. Yeah, she ended the game with nine rebounds. Obviously, there's not very many people that can match up with Aoka Lee. We understand this. We know this. But like you mentioned, Sophie, the team overall, it, they they almost hit 50% from the field the entire game. Was that, if you want to get down to specifics, it was 48.6. 
for the entire game. And I think, gosh, what was the quarter breakup of what they were doing? Yeah, they had a 36-point third quarter right at right out of uh, yeah. right out of halftime. And that's when things started to get a little, a little iffy from us. Everybody was getting their shots, everybody was getting their buckets. It was just to, it's just to the point where I'm like, Mizzou's too small. They're just too small. Yeah, and you know, that's funny because the third quarter is I feel like every team's Achilles heel, right? Football, basketball, it doesn't matter the sport. No one usually comes out of the half strong. And so to score thirty six points, like, okay, we'll take it, right? I mean, it's not very often that that happens for a basketball team. And I just want to reflect that this is a little bit off topic, but I'm just staring at the score sheet and nine and one, Jasmine, nine and one feels pretty good for a non-con record. We start conference game in two weeks, a gauntlet of a conference, right? Nine and one with your only loss to Iowa. And the those nine include a win over Iowa. Like I just, that number is like, that's a pretty cool number to me. I just had to bring that up. Like no, it's tr- it's truly bringing a smile to my face because I'm I'm no. looking at the um, Big Twelve uh, <laughs> stats right now, especially you know defensively right now overall defensively K State is second behind West Virginia with teams averaging literally like less than like a tenth <laughs> a tenth of a point behind West Virginia teams averaging against West Virginia is fifty one point two teams averaging against K State is fifty one point five and I'm really thinking I'm like. Okay, you know, respectable, not really that big of a difference. But now I had to look at West Virginia's non-conference schedule. Because I know ours. Yeah. I know ours. We played top three, top four Iowa twice. We played North Carolina, who was, I want to say was number 16 at the time. We mm-hmm. played them. We played Wisconsin. We played, um, gosh, who did we play? We played Jackson State, who turned out to be a giant killer and made it to the NCAA tournament. Another really tough team. And it was it was not close. The closest game essentially was obviously, you know, Iowa. That's normally how it goes. And then, of course, we beat uh, North Carolina. I want to say by seven. But those are two teams that were drastically held <laughs> under their usual point total. Uh, and the only ranked opponent that West Virginia played was 25th ranked Penn State on, I want to say, last Monday. That, that was it. So their record, you know, it's decent. You know, the typical... Non-conference, they played Pitt and um, Pitt and Penn State were the only two Power Five teams that they played, right? And looking at the looking at the score of their opponents, yeah, that them averaging fifty-one points literally looks about right. <laughs> but, but and this is a big but. They do not lie. All right, our non-conference schedule is obviously much much stronger than what West Virginia is. So truly, truly looking at these numbers and honestly I'm gonna pull I'm gonna pull up some more too. K State is the is the best defensive team in the Big Twelve. Easily like it is literally K State at the top, a point of free throw percentage or a point of field goal percentage. K State is at the top, really big gap between the next team, which is TCU, which is obviously gonna is improving because we'll see we'll see them down the line. Uh, three appointing three point shooting. K State is second. You're not getting three pointers off this team. You you didn't last year. You're damn sure not going to do it again this year. Uh, rebounding. Obviously, Ayoka Lee making that better, but honestly, we could be better at it. K State is, I think, eighth at opponent at opponent rebounds. Combined team rebounds. K State is top four. And forcing turnovers. K State is number four. So K State is top five in a lot of these things of defensive categories. And 
it's just, it's simple. It's really simple. It's simple math and what they're going to do. And so we're going to keep probably talking about this a little bit more after we come back from break. Please, everybody hit up home, fill the pair. I got this really sick sweatshirt that I'm wearing right now with the case date on the side. You feel me? Get your gloves, get your hat, get whatever the hell you think you want at homefilledapparel.com because they got you covered. And also, none other than Studio Wax, my girl Kylie, she'll get you taken care of. We'll be right back on Run It Back on the Kansas City Sports Network. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Run It Back. Thank you for coming back after that very, very short, short break. So we were getting really into it with defense. I know I was honestly rambling on because, Sophie, you mentioned that you love defense. Girl, I love defense. That's true. Yeah. Because I win championships. And if K-State has that opportunity to win a championship, and they're going to do it on their defense. But, Sophie, I want to I wanna talk about their offense a little bit because we we talked, we know, we know that they're good on defense. I Like I said, I they're one of the best defensive teams in the country. They've played enough teams to make me think that. Obviously, I'm just not talking out the side of my neck. I truly believe that. And so we've got to look at it offensively because I mentioned it a couple weeks before. I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it to you that I know it's been it's been a struggle to start the season. I truly don't believe it will stay a struggle once we get even halfway to the halfway point of the season, right? Because it's already starting to get better. But I know Gabby Gregor, she's been struggling from the floor a little bit offensively. And I know Gisela Sanchez was as well. But with each and every game, they're starting to get a little bit more comfortable getting the ball into the into the hoop. 
starting with Gabby Gregory. She had, I want to say, if I can look at this correctly, she had 10 points the other night against Mizzou and Gisela Sanchez. She had eight. If they can consistently get those points, I truly think that K-State will average in the 80s, 80, 80 points a game. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I mean, I have to go off for a minute because not, I'm not saying that I have a favorite player, but if I did, it would be Gisela Sanchez. And you guys probably have figured that out by now. Uh, she just impresses me so much. Four for seven, she, with the time that she gets, and Jeff Mitty does a great job of working in those three girls off the bench specifically, but with the time and opportunities that she gets, she just seems to capitalize because she knows basketball. Her basketball IQ is crazy to me because of the Spanish national team and other things like that. And taking advantage of those opportunities, she's four for seven from the floor. And I just love that she takes her shots. She's not scared to shoot the basketball. And you can trust her with the basketball. It's not like you're like, oh, is it going to go in? Is it not? She's finding her rhythm. And she's somebody that when I see her in midcourt range, like, or mid in the paint, I want her to shoot the basketball. I don't want her to pass it. Honestly, I feel like that might be her best shot is her as her and at that yeah. at that free throw jumper when teams just decide to play the drone all of a sudden. The, I know, I feel like where that would work for specifically Gabby Gregory and Gisela Sanchez, when teams start to play that 2-3 zone, you see them being able to get their shots up at the free point line. We've seen, we saw Gabby do that in the first game against Iowa, against Iowa when she wasn't having a great game offensively. But when, like she wasn't always there when you need her, but she's there when like when she's there when you call her. Or no, she's not there when you call, but she's there when you need her, especially in that specific game. That's where she was able to hit that shot when uh, Iowa was in that 2-3 zone. So, boom, that's something for her. And obviously, uh, Gisela, she's coming off the bench, and so that's going to be something for her as well. Gabby and Gisela are going to use that opportunity to shoot a free throw line jumper that's going to be open. And, of course, the Glenn Twins and Serena Sundell, when they're in that position, they're mainly going to drive through the basket or kick out for a three, right? But it's, it's giving them that opportunity when they're having a rough shooting night when a team decides to go into a 2-3 zone defense against them. It's going to give them an open shot. And I think that's something that can get their confidence up even more because we know Gabby can score, obviously, duh. And we know that Gisela Sanchez, even though we didn't see her last year, we saw how good she was doing in the under-20 Spanish team, right, doing really well over there and them starting slow offensively. And I believe them having that chance in that 2-3 zone, knowing how offensively of a difference maker they can both be, them having that opportunity in that 2-3 zone, I, it's just going to open up a lot more for them. Right, and what I love about this team is that they can pick apart a defense like no other women's team that we've had. You know, I mean, as long as I can remember, we've we've been good, we've had some decent teams, but this team just eats away at the defense and that's incredible to me right because they take what they get they're so patient with it they don't rush their shots and Jeff Minnie's done a great job of teaching them how to take what they can get and what the defense gives them and there's not any of the eight players that play mainly that I wouldn't trust with the basketball and if you look with this year's trends some outsiders might be like well Gabby Gregory hasn't shot well this year and little do they know they don't know Gabby Gregory so she's kind of a weapon almost at this point. She's something in our back pocket that hopefully she catches fire at the right time, which is going to be when conference play starts up or games get a little bit more competitive. And like I said, out of those eight girls, I trust any of them with the basketball. There's not one where I'm like, ah, I wouldn't want you to shoot that. Oh, no, for sure. Because I know I know Giselle's not that 
like in that role yet where if the ball has to be in her hands that she's going to be out there to take that final shot I don't it's I'm not saying that that's not going to be the position that she's going to be in later in the season I know that's going to be that's that's Gabby's spot right there you need exactly. someone to clutch bucket it's going to be Gabby that's <laughs> you clutch that thing that's on top of her locker okay because we've seen that we've seen that gene in her we've seen that clutch gene time and right and we know offensively maybe not the strongest of year and honestly I got to thinking a little bit more about it because I think her role maybe like offensively maybe only ever so slightly different not that much different only ever so slightly because last year to me she's probably the best post-up guard in the country or one of the pe- the best post-up guards in the country the most consistent you know paint present was Gabby using her strength posting up other guards and getting an and one a tough and one more than likely, or getting able to go to the free throw line when she wasn't able to get the bucket, right? So I feel like since she doesn't have to do that anymore because obviously you didn't have Yuki last season, so of course that she was more probably our more consistent paint presence throughout several games. She doesn't have to do that anymore. She's no longer not going to the free throw line. I know when you have a tough shooting night, best thing for you to do is to do what? Go to the free throw line and see that ball go through, right? So I guess she doesn't have to do that as much. So you're relying more on her perimeter shooting, which we all know she's goaded at. And that's just something that's going to come with more confidence. And we, like I said, we've seen that before. She's already, she's already being able to, you know, average, I want to say like, if I, if, I, if I say like the past four-ish games, I think she's, you know, averaging about like, you know, eight, eight to 10 points, right? Before that was averaging like maybe like four, six points. She wasn't like the offensive presence that we've seen her. But I truly believe that that's I'm not worried about that. <laughs> so be like I I truly and utterly am not worried about that because they're not relying on her to score as much either. Because obviously Jalen Glenn she's turned into a three and D type of personnel. She go lock up the other team's best player and she's also be sink some deep threes that we definitely barely saw that last year. Definitely didn't see that the year before. But it's turned into one of her strengths this season. And obviously, you got Briley Glenn as well. Another strength that she's going to have also three and D capabilities in the wing. And of course, Serena Sundell will be able to get to the hole as well. So she's like, Gabby's not going to be relied on to help me score. And obviously, having Yoki back, that answers itself, right? And still, and I wanted to mention even more so, Terrence Sides being able to come off the bench. We talked about the Stella coming off the bench and what she's able to bring offensively. Man, when the ball is in Terrence Sides' hands, see her, her is like a walker. I know, mm-hmm. I know Terrence Sides is going to be the primary ball handler when it, when her and Zayna Sides' team. When it's, when it's their team, I know that Terrence Sides would be the ball handler. But to have that kind of confidence in Terrence Sides, a freshman, a true freshman, girl, sis was in high school just a mere few months ago. She has the ball in her hands when she's even on the on the floor with Serena Sundell, who like who is the point guard of this team. It's like that type of confidence and that we've seen grow with every single game so far, Sophie. Right, and so backtracking just a little bit on what you're talking about um, with like Gabby Gregory, offense does look different this year because we almost took you know my freshman year of college when the three were freshmen as well. It was the Aoka Lee show, right? Because that's all we had. And then last year we didn't have Aoka Lee, so it was the guard show. And we don't see as much driving the lane this year because why would you when you have Aoka Lee standing in the paint? And so it's the best of both worlds combined. So it does look different offensively. And the other thing that looks different is you mentioned it, everyone is eating right now. And so that takes a little bit of pressure off of Gabby. If she's if she can find her shot right now, 
it's not the end of the world. We're not relying on her to score 25 to win. And so hopefully that takes a little bit of the pressure off of her mentally. And she knows that she needs to get it figured out, but that she has time to fix it. And it's not like, okay, Gabby, our season rests on your shoulders, right? Because we have, you know, six or seven other players that are scoring buckets every single game. And again, we're just not worried about her finding her shot at all. And like you said, one of those players is Taryn Sides. And just the confidence that she has as a freshman. And I know um, Jeff Mitty has helped that. The coaching staff has helped that. And then her teammates as well have encouraged her, shoot the basketball because you're good at it and you're going to make it. But for her to have the guts to go out and do that, I don't, I want to do that as a freshman. You know, even if people told me, oh, go ahead, take that shot, I'd probably be like, no, that's okay. Like, we have some of the best basketball players in the nation on our team. They can take it. But she said, okay. I'll take it. And she's making them. And that's a really cool thing. And if she can do that as a freshman, imagine what she's going to do when she's an upperclassman and this is her team. It just, I like, I know, I know I have to slow down because I, because I always, I always love, I always love potential. Like, I like, I want to help people who like when someone misses, like, like when someone misses a shot or someone like misses an assignment, other people be like, oh gosh, they suck. Get her off the floor. I'm like, Y'all don't see what I see apparently, because what I'm like, this is a freshman. Like I know when people, when I when you can tell when like certain players try certain moves that they practice and they try it in a game, that's the best way to do it. Sometimes it doesn't work out, and sometimes it does. When it does, you'd be like, oh wow, I didn't see that one coming. But everyone else who knows ball like we do, so we're like, yeah, I see. Like I've seen them practice that move in a game. I won like at least like once or twice, and that's just one of those things that we've seen Terrence sides do, and it's just, it's. It's more so because I think people know the potential that she has because, like, it's you see a lot more of it, like, wow, instead of, like, freshman mistakes. There is not a lot of freshman mistakes from Terrence sides. Obviously, you're going to have some because a freshman without freshman mistakes is like spotting a unicorn with, like, a pinata hat on. I don't know. It's impossible, <laughs> right? But the fact that she, like, she, her mistakes, they're, they're so little. For someone to have the ball in their hands as much as she does, and for Coach me, you mentioned it, Sophie, the confidence that he is giving her saying, be like, well, other professionals are like, oh, I don't want to mess up. I don't know if I want to do this pass or I don't know if I want to take this shot. Man, I, I recall her hitting a logo three in front of Caitlin Clark's face. It, I like at yeah. Iowa. Okay? I recall her doing a behind the back pass to Zayana Walker in the Bill Snyder class against Mizzou. I'm like, bro, there are there there is like a there is like a short list, a short list of freshmen. Who has that type of confidence? And those short list of freshmen are on some of the best teams in the country. And Terrence, I don't know like where she ranks. I know there's really good ones. I know there's there's that girl from USC who was averaging 30 points the last, I don't know, five games. There's also a girls from South Carolina and from Notre Dame. But you got to take baby steps to get there. And right now, I truly think like top top 10 freshmen in the country right now, I'd want to say Terrence Sides is in that list. I truly do. Confidently. I say that confidently. My whole chest. Yeah, and she gives me Marquise Noel vibes, right? And hear me out. It's because she takes the deep threes, but it's because she's a student of the game, and all of the players are, and Coach Minnie's talked about that a lot. They're in the gym. They're watching film. They really, really want to learn about basketball, learn about the game to become better. But you can see that Taryn Sides understands basketball, and then when she's on the bench, she's talking to people, she's watching, and she just wants to get better. And that reminds me a lot of Marquise. And then just the way she carries herself, in the way that if she misses a shot, she doesn't hang her head. 
And that's a really hard thing to do as a freshman. I mean, I think back to when I was like a freshman in high school. I know there's an age difference there. But when you're a freshman of, you know, any classification, you lo- you miss a shot and you're like, oh, man, the seniors are going to hate me now. Right. And so for her to just be like, oh, that, you know, it happened. I'm going to get the next shot. And for them to reassure her is a really cool dynamic. And she's just fitting in so well with this team. And I was worried that there wouldn't be a place for her. And I was so wrong by that. And I'm glad that um, she's found her way into this team and that Jeff has had the confidence in her to put her in those eight that dabble in every single game. Honestly, I feel like because I kind of that makes me want to go back to it because that there is no pressure to me on any specific player to score. It yep. gives other players that confidence to be able to shoot. Now they don't have to focus on just forcing the ball to Aokalee all the time. Now they don't have to focus on having <laughs> Gabby have the ball literally on the majority of the possessions and have her shoot the ball on those possessions. I don't think they have to. They, there is no need to worry about that anymore. Because you literally have bucket getters on from position one through five, and then positions you know like seven, eight, nine coming off the bench. Like it's like you don't you don't have to worry. There's not a whole lot of a drop off when you have subs coming in. There really isn't. Obviously, like I said, we talked about Terrence Sides, we talked about Priscilla Sanchez, we barely talked about Zayna Walker today, even though we know that she can go get buckets. She only had I think four points against Mizzou, but we've we've seen her. We've seen her do it. We asked we have, we asked her to go out there and get a bucket right now. I'm I'm gonna be ten toes down that she's gonna go get one. I should like we're like completely and utterly confident. I know some some other times some players you ask them to go get a bucket, and you're like, uh, you know, man, maybe not right now, but I think she'll get there. No, she's there right now <laughs> to be able to go get a bucket. Like this is the deepest team that we've had in a very, very, very long time. Like players who don't get to play a whole lot are getting to play at the end of these games because of how dominant K-State is being. Like, we didn't get to see Jamia Harris last year because I think she because she was hurt uh, <laughs> early in the season. Heavenly Greer, we've seen her. She's one of the, like, who bust out a couple moves, a little post-up turnaround fadeaways that we've seen her hit a couple times. One of those moves that she obviously practices and then puts them in game, uh, puts them in during game time when she's given that opportunity to play. Then obviously, like, I'm like, I haven't even talked about Eliza Moppin. She hasn't even gotten her, like, a gotten her time to shine, even though she was one of my favorite players to watch last year. Obviously, she hasn't gotten that opportunity as much because Aoka Lee's coming back and because they have Amani Lester as well, who's just, you know, still developing to replace Aoka Lee being that, you know, big body, that big presence in the paint, right? And Eliza Moppin is more that finesse player. Obviously, Evan Lee Greer is that post-up, you know, strong player who's going to definitely get you some deep, like, use her defense, right? Like, this, this, the capabilities of this team to me are like almost endless mm-hmm. yeah and that's what I, yeah the possibilities are endless with this roster and I look at it and I just like I get so excited it, it just makes me giddy because you know where t- deep teams win they win in March and if you don't have a deep team I mean you could have a really great starting five but you're probably not going to make it very far in March and so when I look at this team I know that's months away still and we have a whole Big 12 conference schedule to play, which is going to be tough in itself, and we'll use that deep team. But this just makes me so excited because I know we can compete, and I know we've been playing competitive games, like you said, in our non-con, but I cannot wait the 17 days until December 30th when we open that conference schedule because I'm going to be going nuts. I mean, two games a week, and I we're just going to compete. And I love when we have a team 
that's gritty and just competes with other people. It's it's going to be something to watch. Honestly, here, let, yeah. me, let me go through, like, you know, you never want to underestimate any opponent that you have. I know until those, like, until in the next 17 days, we, we got North Florida, we have Oral Roberts, we have, uh, we have Southern. Those are the we, those are the three schools that we have left before we start getting into you know conference play, and then we right off the bat we start playing the the newbies of the conference. We play Cincinnati, we play Houston, we play UCF. They actually played Houston in the non conference last year and actually handed it to them. Uh, right. One day, uh, it was it was early it was early non conference last year, so I don't remember like what the score was. I just remember I was I was doing a sideline for that game. And I asked Coach Minnie, you know, how do you feel to be like, you know, being able to see a team that you're going to be seeing consistently now that they're going to be in you know, the conference next year. And he said, you know, it was good being able to see a new team, yada, yada, you know, coach shock, whatever. Right. So this is like this is a team that they're they're already familiar with. I don't know how good Houston is to start the season, but, you know, whatever. And of course, first game of the season in Cincinnati, then Houston then UCF. And then I think they're going to they're going to be tested early as far as this Big 12 conference. You Say, say, excuse me, say things go well. First three dot conference games against, you know, the newbies. Then you have Oklahoma and Texas. And then at then at TCU. Okay, that's already three major tests. One, Oklahoma was a really good team last year. They're expected to be a fairly decent team again, even though they've lost a lot of people, still not gonna sneeze with them. Texas, obviously, it's Texas. <laughs> like they're 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 Big 12 champions. They literally just beat UConn, like, what, this past week, right? That's already a huge accomplishment in itself. Like, the way we beat Iowa, they beat UConn. And then at at TCU, I understand TCU was terrible last year. They really, they they were terrible. They were bottom of the Big 12, and they had one Big 12 win. You want to know who that one Big 12 t- win was? That was against K-State. Because K-State did not win a single game on the road. That was that was one that sucked the most because they lost to the worst team in the Big 12 Conference at that point in time in TCU at TCU. So them going back there with this team that is already much better than they were a year ago because they have a new head coach. They have a whole lot of transfers on that team. So right there. And then it just doesn't stop. It's going to be an early test first and foremost because then we have KU. KU, who we, I want to say, I think we won the second. I think we split the series against KU last year. But KU won the WNIT. And they are projected third in the Big 12. Yeah, they're just ahead of us because we were projected fourth, and it was Texas, Baylor, KU, and us. If I don't, if I didn't switch Texas and Baylor around, but of course after KU, then we do have Baylor. So we know what this team has done against non-conference already. Sophie, tough non-conference, but. It doesn't and after those next three non-conference games, who I would like to see if it would I you know confident that it could be a win. You gotta they gotta buckle up real quick after that. Yeah, so we play um Texas twice. We play Baylor on the road. Those are really tough games to uh, deal with. And I would say in terms of our conference schedule, we're going to have it pretty hard, like you said, because we expanded this year, right? And so it's not just one home, one away. Everyone has a different conference schedule. And so there are teams that are going to have it easier. K-State is not one of them. But the nice thing is that we know these other teams are looking at their schedule and they're like, oh my gosh, we play K-State twice or we play K-State one time and it's on the road. And we're that team 
for other teams where they're dreading it and they're going, that makes our schedule so much harder. And I love that we pose that threat to people and that they're nervous to play us because they should be. They should be nervous to play us in Bramlage and they should be nervous to play us twice because if we beat you once, we can beat you again. And Sophie, I'm so glad you wanted, like you added that too, because now looking looking more into this schedule, we've already had one nationally televised game, and that's the one that we won against Iowa. We are on ESPNU twice already in that tough schedule. We, we're on ESPNU against Oklahoma. We're on ESPNU against Texas. That's already a huge step up because <laughs> we were on ESPN Plus for every single game last year. I know because I covered every single one of them damn games on ESPN Plus. So already two like two games nationally, and then we played Baylor on FS1. So in the first, I want to say of this really tough schedule against OU, Texas, TCU, KU, and Baylor. So there's that one, two, three, four, five. Three of them are played on national television. I just honestly, I just, I just want to close at that. I just want to close at that because. You get your respect. You got them on national television again when we play Texas, at Texas, and then, and again when we play KU. They're putting they're putting the women's sunflower showdown on national television. Sophie, that's awesome. That's so cool. And you know what? Like, not only can we prove stuff on national TV, but I'm telling you guys, anyone that listens to this show, go to Bramlage and watch them because there's eleven thousand seats in there, and tickets are like. Five to seven dollars a seat and this is so much fun like we need to be packing Bramlage just as much for the women's as we do for the men so just encouraging everyone like if you want to see good basketball you can't ask for better than k-state women's right now damn straight this is like this is the highest ranking we've had in a very very long time high consistent ranking already brought down other ranked teams what is not to like they and i and i had true and complete and utter faith AK State Nation, Wildcat Nation, that they'd be able to show up because they love they love it when teams win. And right now, K State women's basketball is winning. And that's exactly and that's exactly what everybody needs right now. All forget all the distractions that was last week with all that other stuff. Obviously our men's team forgot about it. They just put the whooping on LSU. And damn sure it was no it was no sort of worry or question with our K State women's team so far this year. All right. We had to worry about Jack Diddley squat. So I know for a fact that K-State Nation is going to show up for this team. But guys, that's going to be it for us. I know we talked about it. We talked about a whole lot with this K-State women's team because that's the only game that came on this past week. They do play again. They play, I think, what was it? What did I say? It was uh, Florida, North uh, North Florida on Saturday. Yeah, North Florida on Saturday on ESPN Plus at 4 o'clock. So please show up. I know y'all will. We ain't got no issues with that. So I really appreciate y'all for tuning in. Sophie, appreciate you for being able to stop by with me. I know we went on a little bit longer than initially thought after a long day of driving. So, girl, I appreciate it. Y'all, y'all can catch us back on Sunday with Run It Back. Uh, we'll, see y'all, we'll see y'all then. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.